This is a podcast version of our YouTube video. Make sure to subscribe to Oddspeedy on all platforms so you don't miss any content. Now on with the show. Hi guys and welcome to Oddsome Premier League. We have a few games in this midweek including Liverpool-Chelsea so we're going to analyze every single game with Tom Rennie but I also want to know your opinion so let me know what you think about this game or any other in the comment section and you will have the chance to win a £10 free bet with Novibet and remember if you enjoy the video do not forget to click on the like button subscribe to our channel and click on the bell to get all the notifications and now let's listen to all the tips so we have more games in this uh, middle of the week in the Premier League and let's analyze everything with Tom Rennie. Hello, Tom. Hello, we do have more games. We always have more games. There's <laughs> death, there's taxes and there's Premier League football. That's it. Exactly. If there is no European football, we have Premier League for sure. And the first one is actually this evening. We have uh, Man City Wolverhampton with, well, Man City wrapping up the title, going for the mm. records. Now it's 27 games unbeaten in all competitions, 24 victories and three draws. The last victory against uh, West Ham, they suffer a little bit because they are not winning comfortably, actually, in the last games, but they are winning. This is what it matters. And they host Wolverhampton that they are improving a little bit. Mm. In the last weeks, they drew against Newcastle, they beat Leeds, Southampton. They have absolutely nothing to play for in these last uh, weeks of competition. So, Tom, seeing the odds 1.24, you see like uh, Man City thrashing mm. Wolves or going for lowest scoring game, for instance. Yeah, the trouble is, is that all the value in Man City with their incredible run, you know, 27 unbeaten, as you mentioned, 20 straight wins in a row, incredible, incredible run they've been on. The value is they're going to thrash somebody. The reality is they're not really thrashing anybody. Um, I think West Ham were great at the weekend. They played really, really well. They contained Manchester City. They created chances, could have got something. It's maybe the best performance by anybody against Man City for this 20-game run, and they still lost. Um, Man City were able to make, what, seven changes from the team that played in midweek to the weekend. They didn't even need to play Raheem Sterling against West Ham and still won. Um, so I'd expect them to win against Wolverhampton Wanderers as well. Unfortunately, despite there being only value in the thrashing, I don't see the thrashing. I would suggest that a win to nil is what we're going to get. I'd be looking at any time, first time, last goal scorers for some value and trying to do some sort of combo with Raheem Sterling dropped against West Ham. I'd expect him to come back against Wolverhampton Wanderers. He's very much the vice-captain of the side these days, captained them in the Champions League recently. So I'd be looking at City to win, Raheem Sterling to score, or City to win to nil, 1-0, 2-0, no more than that. For Wolverhampton Wanderers, they defend quite well, but who's going to score a goal? Again, it's over and over again. Ruben Neves scored a header the other day against Newcastle, which nearly made the sky fall in. No one saw that coming. Um, the, the guy up front, they've got what Fabio Silva looks like, the work experience kid, God bless him. You know, I wouldn't play him in a game like this. I think the Wolves will try desperately to keep the score down, and I think they'll achieve that, that minimum goal. Okay, Man City to win 2 nil. business as usual. Actually, we saw also strange uh, scorers for Man City in the previous mm. game, Ruben Diaz and John Stones. Um, next one, on Wednesday, we have uh, Burnley-Leicester with the odds giving us quite decent, I would say. 
uh, odds for the Leicester victory 2.1 although the Foxes lost against Arsenal taking the lead with the mm. goal scored by Tillemans but Arsenal came back and is two defeats in a row before they were kicked out also of the Europa League by Slavia Praga so Tarf Moor sometimes usually it's a tough stadium actually mm. but should be a good place to bounce back for the Foxes if they want to keep this distance with the fifth now it's five points, actually. Yeah, I mean, if we start with Burnley here, they were thrashed by Tottenham Hotspur at the weekend. Their annual thrashing in North London against Tottenham. Um, I think I said on last week's programme, it'll either be nil-nil or four-nil. Those yeah. are your options. And four-nil at finish, because the moment Gareth Bale scored in, what, 30, 40 seconds, the game was over, their heads dropped, and there's no way Burnley are going to score more than two goals in a game of football. They seldom do, and I don't think they'll do it again here. They will go ultra, super, mega defensive Burnley. They'll be looking to recover from the thrashing they took. And also in their minds, they're taking on a side in Leicester who have been fantastic this season. The trouble with Leicester is who's going to play. They lost Harvey Barnes against Arsenal. Ayose Perez, Dennis Pratt, James Madison, Wesley Fofana, James Justin, Johnny Evans, Wes Morgan. They're all out of this one. And Jamie Vardy... He's got so many injuries right now. I read a quote about Jamie Vardy, uh, about his injuries, and it was, um, he's got trouble right now with his calf, with his shin, with his heel, with his groin and his hip. And you're thinking, why has he got so many problems? Because he's the same age as me. He's 35. I've got problems with my calf, my shield, my heel, my hip. Everything hurts. Everything. Because of the age we are. It's painful. So for him to keep playing week in, week out as their only top striker, of course he's always injured. I think Burnley will go defensive. I think Leicester have got a lot of problems. I'd be looking for all of the underscores here. Under 1.5. My personal tip is goalless draw. That's what I fancy for this one. Um, I'd maybe put some money on it. I certainly wouldn't watch it. All right, but you look better than Jamie Vardy, eh? You look fitter, for sure. You flirt, <laughs> eh? Let's pick this up after the call, eh? <laughs> Dang him, I don't know playing football, <laughs> I don't know playing football, though. Uh, next one on Wednesday, Sheffield United, uh, Aston Villa, Sheffield United already in the championship, basically. They are beating all the worst records in the competition, lost again against Liverpool, but they have their chances actually in that game. But their problem is that they don't score a single goal. Fourth straight defeat for them. Only one goal scored in these four games. And now Aston Villa is their rivals. And actually Aston Villa, they are ninth in the table, but they are only five points away from European position. So if they grab a victory here, maybe they can still dream to uh, reach Europe, although it's almost impossible, I would say. Well, they need to go on an incredible run to do it. And it's the same story with, with Arsenal, with Tottenham, with a few of those teams now that are just a bit off it. To make it, they're going to need to go on a run of winning four, five, six games in a row. They do that, they get up, up amongst Liverpool, Chelsea, West Ham, Leicester, that group of teams that look like they're going to be fighting it out at the moment. But there's still enough games to go to do it. Uh, with Sheffield United, you know, there's not too much to say on them. We've not said already. They lost Basham, they lost O'Connell, uh, they've lost Egan. That's their best defensive trio. Against Liverpool, they had Ethan Ampadu, not a centre-half, Phil Jagielka, older than Jamie Vardy and me, which is super old, uh, and Key and Brian, who scored an own goal. So it's not a great selection of players. And they got through against Liverpool a couple of times. That's because Liverpool had Nat Phillips and 
Ozan Kabak at centre half, which is a League One level pairing. And that's why McBurney got through, and he still couldn't get a shot against Adrian, who himself is a League One level goalkeeper. So if you can't score against that back line, you ain't going to score against nobody. Villa, one of the best defences in the league this season, away from home. I think it's eight clean sheets they've kept on the road this season. So I would absolutely be having Aston Villa to win this to nil. Uh, Grealish, a massive doubt again, but they don't need Grealish right now. They won a game for the first time in 60-plus games without Grealish last time out against Leeds. They did it because of Anwar El Ghazi, streaky bacon player. He's the kind of guy that when he scores one, he'll score two, three, four, five, and he'll disappear again for four months. He scored against Leeds. I'd be looking at Villa to win. I'd be doubling that up with an El Ghazi score, and I'd be absolutely looking at win to nil. And if there's some value in the plus 2.5, even plus 3.5 market, I'd be looking at that as well. Mm-hmm. Even the victory for Aston Villa, the odds are quite uh, all right, 2.5. 13, so this is a good bet or for instance to add to the ACA to add mm. if you think that the Aston Villa is gonna win easily against uh, Sheffield United also Man United should beat Crystal Palace because uh, well Crystal Palace they picked up uh, four points in their last two Premier League games but they were so lucky actually they only attempted six shots whereas mm. the other teams the opponents Uh, attempted 41. So imagine how lucky or how accurate they were. And United, another boring draw against a top team, and they are not mm. any top team in this uh, season, but they more or less they do their job when they are playing against uh, weaker teams. Yeah, they've been very good flat track bullies, Man United, this season. You know, it's, it's something we used to say of Arsenal quite a lot beat the teams below them and can't beat the big teams. It's where Man United are. I think again against Chelsea, they showed a, a real lack of ambition to win the game. I think they went there to get a draw and they got the draw their performance deserved. You know, it was a very compact defensive display. They tried to hit Chelsea on the break, but Chelsea themselves are, are quite a defensive team these days. So we said last week it wasn't going to be a great game. It wasn't a great game, uh, though I was hoping for more as we all were. Look, I think with Crystal Palace, the way they beat Brighton last Monday when they had three shots compared to Brighton's 23 and they scored at the end of both halves was a fascinating game. It was the the, both, the biggest smash and grab I've ever seen. I worked on the game and we were just staggered they won it. Never as a team deserved to lose more than that Crystal Palace side that somehow not only got something, but won against Brighton. Similar story against Fulham as well. They had, what, 16, 17 attempts at goal. And, and Crystal Palace, they don't create without Wilfred Zahar. They don't try and create. And Roy Hodgson said afterwards, their manager, and bearing in mind it was at home against the team in the bottom three, he said nil-nil was the best we could have hoped for. Uh, that is not a great thing to say as manager of a team facing a, a side who are facing relegation. Uh, look, Palace aren't going to score against Manchester United. They won't create a chance against Manchester United. They will sit very, very deep and try to stop Manchester United. It's the worst thing that could happen to Man U, really, because they can't deal with that low block, that that deep defence that, that teams play. And, and Palace are actually pretty good at it organisationally. They're very, very good at the back. Um, I'd be looking for a Man United win here, but narrow, narrow, narrow. Below 1.5, maybe 1-0, 2-0 absolute best. Um, win 2-0 is what I'd be looking at, but this is an under. All the unders. Look at all the unders for this one if you're looking for any value. And it's very tough to pick a United goal scorer. Of course, you want to say Bruno Fernandes because everything runs through Bruno Fernandes. Um, but who plays up front? Absolutely no idea. What's the rest of the, the front four going to be? Absolutely no idea. Um, is it going to be Martial? Is it going to be Cavani? They're tough to put money on right now, Manchester United, but I will go in all scenarios, Man U win this. 
All right, another boring game, low scoring game in your opinion in Selhurst Park. A good one, or I expect that is an interesting one at least on Thursday, Craven Cottage, London Derby, Fulham Tottenham, although they are in the opposite the, uh, mm. areas of the city. Fulham, you said it before, bottom three. They drew against Crystal Palace after beating Sheffield United in the last five games. Only one goal conceded, five undefeated games. There is still some hope in southwest London, but they need to get something against the Spurs who thrashed Burnley and Gareth Bale finally is back. We are in March, they, he arrived to London in August and now finally Gareth Bale is back. He's uh, been directly involved in seven goals in the last uh, four appearances for Tottenham. I'm glad that uh, well he's doing finally well after leaving uh, Madrid, really criticized uh, for letting him go. So here, what do you expect? Tottenham again uh, disappointing us, which is happening very often this uh, season. Yeah. Well, the expectations off Tottenham now. When you expect of Tottenham, they don't deliver. When you don't expect, they tend to deliver. Um, I would caveat those Gareth Bale performances in that it was against Wolfsburg of Austria, who literally nobody had ever heard of outside of Austria maybe six weeks ago. Uh, and against Burnley, who just get thrashed in North London. Don't know why it happens. It's one of those bizarre phenomena that just keeps on happening. Um, look, I think if you look at these two teams in the form table, you look at who's playing better football, it's all Fulham. It is all Fulham. They're a very, very good side right now. Uh, I think they've hit on a side. They've hit on a way of playing. They've got a few players in really good form. All their midfielders look like they're in great shape as well. Harrison Reed, Sambo and Gisa, Adamola Lookman. Good players. Um, the issue is converting their utter dominance of football matches into three points. It hasn't happened enough, but as Scott Parker said after the Crystal Palace game, a point in the Premier League is better than none. And they are looking at a free-falling Newcastle with all the players out injured and a Brighton side that can't beat Crystal Palace when they have like 98% of every stat in the game. They still can't even get a point from it. So Fulham, I still think they'll stay up in the Premier League. The question is who is going to score for them? Josh Madger should have scored maybe three against Crystal Palace at the weekend. If they are to score, Josh Madger up front is the person I'd be looking at because every chance is going to fall to him. I hope they don't bring Mitrovic back in because they look a better side without him. Um, it all depends on the first goal here. First goal crucial, first goal wins. Uh, I'd absolutely be looking at both teams to score uh, and I'd be looking at 2-1 either way. 2-1 Fulham would be my tip. If I'm looking for a goal scorer, it would be Josh Madger. Um, and Gareth Bale, I'm not getting excited about Gareth Bale. Um, and I appreciate people want to get excited about Gareth Bale. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was dropped for this one, to be honest. And they went to uh, Kane, Son, Mora, Kane, Son, Bergwijn, if Bergwijn is fit and available and Gareth Bale goes back to the bench. Bale was a goal scorer in this one. Not for me. I was thrilled actually reading how people are excited about Gareth Bale, you know, in February after um, well everything that Bale uh, should be ha should have done by now in the Premier League also here if you fancy Fulham actually the double chance for them is 1.98 a victory home victory or a draw I think is also a good bet because good. Tottenham is really favorite and we don't like these odds the next game on Thursday West Brom Everton uh, West Brom they were able to win 
in the last game they beat Brighton after drawing with Burnley and Man United is nine points away from Newcastle probably is uh, too late but if they want to keep the hope at least they have to get something against Everton who were able to beat Southampton with Richarlison scoring again his three games in a row for him and actually Everton record of points 43 points at this stage of the season odds 1.88 for Everton what do you think here Everton win this 100%. I see no scenario West Brom win it. Uh, you mentioned Richarlison, three and three. Looks in fantastic form, really, really sharp. Um, back up front with Calvert-Lewin as well. Played as, as pretty much a pair uh, against Southampton on Monday night football and it worked really, really well. Uh, should have scored more than they did. Um, but Southampton could defensively. Goalkeeper played all right. They just about got away with it. But I think with West Bromwich Albion, you know, the, the game against Brighton, any other week, any other time, they'd lose that 4-5-1. They were dominated by Brighton. Um, and of course, there's the whole controversy with Lee Mason, the goal that was, then wasn't, then was, then wasn't, then was, then wasn't again. Uh, the two penalties Brighton missed. West Brom were very poor on the day. They scored from a corner from Bartley. Uh, I'd absolutely be looking at the can score from a corner market because uh, that is all West Brom are going to score from if they ever are to score a goal. I'll be laying that every week. West Brom to score from a corner. I'll be doing it every week until Allardyce resigns at the end of this season with them in the championship. But Everton here, they're a good side. They hate Allardyce, the fan base. Some of the players that were there when Sam was in charge, no one likes him. And they'll be desperate to crush Big Sam in this game. And I think they will. They're better away than they are at home. But as you mentioned, they won at home on Monday Night Football. I'd be looking for Everton, three, even four in this game. Um, though West Bromer will defend well. Big Everton win, plus 2.5, maybe plus 3.5. Uh, and I'd absolutely be looking at Richarlison first or any time goal scorer as well. Okay, see victory for Everton here going into the Champions League positions and Everton will fight probably, or let's see if it's until the end of the competition with Liverpool and Chelsea. Great battle for the Champions League spots at Anfield. The head-to-head -head, uh, recently in the Premier League is uh, for Liverpool actually, four victories in a row, including this season, 0-2 at Stamford Bridge, but that was another Chelsea and that was Another Liverpool for sure. Chelsea, you said it, they are very defensive with mm. Tuchel. They drew against uh, Manu, but they are, the, they are getting the results. Six, uh, the last six Premier League games, four victories, two draws. Whereas Liverpool, they um, still have a lot of doubts. They beat Sheffield after four defeats in a row in the Premier League, but they are not convincing at all. So Liverpool is favourite, but probably Chelsea can get something here. Oh, tough. This is a real tough one to round up today because um, there are deficiencies on both sides. I think with Liverpool, they cannot play Ozan Kabak and Nat Phillips together in this game. They just can't do it. They might have to, uh, but it would be, you know, it's an awful defensive pairing. And we don't know about Alisson as well. You know, he won't be rushed back, of course, after his personal issues. So it could be Adrian Phillips and Kabak against Chelsea, which is disaster in the making, if you ask me. Um, they also don't ever change the way they play Liverpool. You know, it's square pegs and round holes or worse players in, in the same old holes over and over again. You know, uh, they haven't gone three at the back. They've not tried six at the back. They've not tried to 
take one of the strikers away and fill out the midfield in big games. They do the clock thing, and if the players aren't good enough, then so be it. Um, you know, we can question the wisdom of that. I certainly do, but Klopp is who he is and he does what he does. Um, with Chelsea, they are very defensive and I think Thomas Tuchel might well be the perfect manager for them. Why? Because the points matter, the performances don't. He knows that better than anybody. He doesn't care how they play. It was his big issue in his previous job. But we've got to entertain here. Why haven't we won 7-0? Abramovich don't care about that. He cares about how many trophies and how many games they can win and getting them into the Champions League, which I'd absolutely tip them to do. Uh, the issue in this game is that we just don't know who plays at the back for Liverpool. If we had Fabinho back, and I can't say he was going to be back as we record the programme, I'd be looking at Liverpool getting something from it. I'm really surprised Liverpool are favourites. I'm really surprised. Uh, they have got the front three, sure, but the front three are misfiring. Firmino don't shoot, Mane's not scoring, Salah looks knackered. You know, how are they going to score three, four, five goals with that three misfiring? Some talk Jota might come back, not before time. If he is fit, I would start him here and take Mane or Firmino out of the side immediately for two, three, four weeks out before resuming for the Champions League. What's in a fortnight's time, I think that second leg is. So I'd be waiting on them for that one. In this, I'm looking at draw. I'm looking at both teams to score. I'd be looking at 1-1, maybe even 2-2. I don't think we get the 5-3 that you mentioned last season, which was brilliant. But that also goes to Chelsea not being as adventurous as they were back then. And in that game, that was when we thought Christian Pulisic was going to be a star in the Premier League. It was great till he, you guessed it, went off injured in that game. Uh, so again, big six clash. Don't see a classic. I'd be looking at draw. Both teams score. All right. So you expect goals here. The over 2.5 goals is one point. 84 and the under is 2.13 right now notspedia.com so actually the bookies don't expect a lot of uh, goals at mm. Anfield this is these are the games that we have seven games in this midweek we have uh, all 10 games uh, in the weekend as usual so with seven games Tom I'm sure we can do an ACA Yes, I am. I'm going to put all my two nils together, all my two nils, which is three away wins and one home win. So I'll take Everton to win at West Bromwich Albion, Manchester United to win at Crystal Palace, Aston Villa to win at Sheffield United. And just for fun, basically for no value, but it sounds better when you do four and not three. I'll put City and Wolves in there as well. So all four to win. And they're all my two nils as well. All right, hopefully we can make some money in this uh, start of March. On the weekend, we have more games, Tom. We will analyze everything with you. Thank you very much. Can't wait. See you then. See you. Tom expects a draw in that battle at Anfield against Liverpool and Chelsea, but I also want to know your opinion. So let me know what you think in the comment section and you will have the chance to win a £10 free bet with Novibet. Also remember, if you enjoyed the video, click on the like button, subscribe to our channel and click on the bell to get all the notifications. Also, you can listen to all our videos in our podcast and this week we are back. We have more Premier League in the weekend.